Thank you guys for being here tonight. Our topic is the masculine and feminine union of the brain and how we can free our minds. So I wanted to start out just by going ahead and talking about the brain. We all have one. Uh, we all know where it's located. Those are the easy things. But uh, surely how to use it to its maximum potential is something that, you know, we haven't really been taught in school. And um, certainly most of us have not yet mastered that. So there's a good reason to bring this topic up tonight to share and to hopefully dive into a, a topic that is, um, you know, something useful to all of us. We all have a brain, obviously, and uh, let's learn how we can, you know, more use it. Um, so for the most part, I do believe that we are um, living in a prison of, of our own minds, of our own creation, uh, sometimes other, you know, people and um, entities have uh, say in that as well a little bit, maybe not say, but at least the intention is to keep us in that prison type state in our mind, where you know, we're really not accessing all of who we are. We're not really accessing all the parts of the brain. Um, and so we live in this kind of fight or flight mode, a very, um, uh, you know, small fraction of what we are capable of. Um, certainly, we all have the same brain as Albert Einstein or Nikola Tesla. These people probably just learn how to use theirs more to be able to cultivate and understand how to learn uh, and use their brain in a much more higher level than most of us um, currently do. So we want to break out of that mental slavery that um, that we all pretty much have lived in. And like I said, a lot of it's not, some of it's not even intentional, you know what I mean? A lot of it can be from our parents, preachers, teachers, um, the authoritarian figures in our lives that have come along and have, um, you know, made us not to think or program us not you know not to believe that we're not as great we're not as beautiful we're not as smart as other people sometimes not even with with that much intention it's just you know trying to give people ideas of how the world works because that's how they actually believe the world works when it doesn't actually work like that um obviously our belief system creates our world that we live in so uh, we obviously get our, a lot of that beliefs from our parents and you know, those other authoritarian figures. And so it's passed down to us, um, not necessarily because that's what they wanted, want us to believe and think, but that's just what they were taught and their parents were taught and generations before them were taught. So um, I, I, I love this quote by Harriet Tubman. Most of you guys know who she is. She was the conductor of the Underground Railroad, helping uh, black people escape from the South to the North uh, in the Underground Railroad. And she said, I freed a thousand slaves and I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves. And I and I, I tend to want to take this quote and broaden it out. Many of us don't even know that we're slaves, slaves to our ego, slaves to beliefs, slaves to ways of thinking. Money doesn't grow on trees, all these ideas that we have about life. And we don't even realize how much these ideas put us in our own prison. So the goal tonight obviously then would be to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery and realizing that we can't blame it on anyone else bob marley said it best none but ourselves can fear our minds each and every one of us it is our responsibility it's our own duty to free ourselves because ultimately we allowed ourselves and put ourselves in those situations to begin with and even if you don't agree with that and you just want to say it is, hey, my mom told me those things and I believed her and, you know, whatever, you know, it, it is something still. It is, at the very least, it is our responsibility to free our own minds to to wake up from this in prison that we've all lived in. So it really is better to be a mind that is open by wonder than closed by belief, because that belief, those belief systems that we have put us in this box of what's possible and what can be done and um, and so being open to new ideas, new things, aliens, you know, uh, you know, at least hearing people out, like, you know, there's a lot of people who are very religious who won't even hear people out on certain spiritual ideas, you know, not closing yourself and being that bowl that's already full. That's what I kind of, when I think of like a close, you know, a mind that's closed by belief, it's like your bowl is already full. There's nothing else the universe or anything can put into it. You've already, you know, you close it off. There's nothing. It's full. You can't add anything to it. 
you know, when our bowl is empty, then we can add the new thoughts, the new ideas, the new revelations. So that's where that's really where we're wanting to go. So I think it's important to understand, first and foremost, how the brain works a little bit for us to be able to maximize the, you know, what we are or what we're able to use and how we're able to use it. So uh, the, there are three parts of the brain. One is the reptilian brain. That's our fight or flight mode and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, that's what's kind of working all the time, the breathing and, you know, survival mode and all that kind of stuff. And then you have the middle brain, uh, the more emotions, the more mammals, mammals have that part of the brain. And then our new brain, the neocortex, which makes us humans, makes us different. And that's the majority of the brain. Um, and that's really the part of the brain that we don't really get to stay in as much as possible, um, especially with the way things are going right now. Um, the way the world is that uh, there's not enough, there's not enough energy, uh, there's not enough money, the inflation is too high. There's a whole world of fear that's being produced for us that literally creates this survival mode and puts us in that reptilian brain. Um, so we're always, you know, in survival mode, fear mode, you know, I have to make sure I have enough for me or my family. And so we're constantly kind of just in that mode as opposed to that the the mammal brain that I said earlier, our emotions, you know, seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, even that's a higher level of, of thinking the reptilian brain. But ultimately, we want to be in that neocortex logic and thinking, uh, you can kind of contribute it to the to a way of thinking as if I was to get in an argument with you, and we were yelling at each other, we we're very mad, we're definitely in that reptilian survival, my ideas got to survive. Um, and, you know, eventually, when we stop arguing after we've said some nasty things to each other, when you go and you sit down, and you are, uh, you know, relaxed, finally, you've taken some deep breaths, eventually, you know, maybe hours later, maybe days later, sometimes it's a long time later, if you want, you know, if you live in that fear mode for a long time, your ego's really, really intact, and you have to be right. But eventually, if you dwell on the subject enough and relax and take some breaths, then your mind starts to turn back on you like, oh, man, that logic and thinking of, I should not have said that shouldn't have thrown that punch that really wasn't wrong. I really was wrong. It wasn't the best way to go about something. And, uh, you know, I really should go back and apologize. That is the neocortex really turning on and saying, okay, um, you know, that's not really what I'm about. And that's not really the best way to do things. And so, you know, I probably should go back and apologize and change, change, um, you know, at least go tell someone I'm sorry for what I said and, and hopefully try to change what, you know, can't change what happened, but at least acknowledge, uh, you know, your part in it. So again, we want to rise above that, that lizard, the reptilian brain that's always on the fight or flight mode, move into our neocortex, our imagination, our consciousness, reasoning. That's where the higher um, learning, logic, rationale is. That's where the good stuff is. It's, it's really the 90% of the brain or so that, that is so vital for new understandings, new growth, awakening, and consciousness. And so oftentimes I really, I, I think about, when I think about overcoming the reptilian brain, I think, I think about the knights overcoming the dragons and slaying the dragons. And each one of us is our own, uh, our own hero, you know, in our quest of our life. And we have to slay our own dragons. We have to overcome our own, our own obstacles. And to me, you know, it's kind of like an archetype in a way, you know, that you are overcoming your own dragons. You're slaying your own dragons, slaying their own reptilian uh, part of the brain and overcoming it. And so here's a great saying uh, that I love from Bill Hicks. He says, folks, it's time to evolve. That's why we're troubled. You know why our institutions are failing us, the church, the state, everything's failing. It's because there's no, they're no longer relevant. We're supposed to keep evolving. Evolution did not end with us growing opposable thumbs. You do, you do know that, right? There's another 90% of our brains that we have to eliminate. And he's totally right. Like there is a lot more to evolution than, than what we believe. I, I think there's a whole lot more. And it's not just about the physical body changing. It's about our brain literally changing, growing and evolving. Us having more understanding, being living in civilizations that are much higher, much more empathetic, much more compassion than the ones that we currently live in today. Uh, I think that's imperative to at least open up to that understanding that that is possible, that there are, there is a whole lot more for us to 
to um, to see and to understand. Uh, and Albert Einstein said, education, oh, here's Morgan, we're gonna let him on real quick. Albert Einstein said, education is not the learning of facts, it's rather the training of the mind to think. I think this is incredibly intelligent. I and mean, take a second for yourself to really understand what he's saying here. Going to school and learning the facts and learning, um, you know, what to, to take a test and to respond to all those things that we learned and regurgitate all the information. Those are the people that we consider to be super intelligent, the ones who got the A's, uh, the hundreds, you know, the high scores on regurgitating information, but rather not thinking of intelligence and education like that, but thinking about how do we train the mind to think? What is the actual best way for us to grow, for us to learn? It's not really honestly um, for us to just regurgitate information and to be stressed out when we're taking those tests, when we stress out, we're, we're, we're literally turning that neocortex off. We're turning those higher parts of the brain off and we're, we're living down in a much more stress, more of that reptilian type of brain. So we're living in that fear. We're living in that, um, you know, survival mode. Like I'm trying to take a test. Really the best thing to do is read the books that you enjoy, um, learn the things you want to learn about. And there really is no necessary need for, to learn certain things all at once and certainly any progressive way to learn them in a certain order. You should learn anything the way you want to in any order you want to, whatever suits you best. So there are lots of other ways for us to learn and to learn how to train our minds, how to think. So uh, Neil, Neil Tyson said, knowing how to think empowers you far beyond those who think only, who only know what to think. Again, kind of the same thing, very similar. Um, knowing how to think, knowing how to learn, knowing how to use your brain that you have been gifted so that you are able to maximize uh, capacity, you maximize um, you know, thoughts and understanding and instead of what just someone else was told to think and what to believe. So uh, you know, again, so if we wanna maximize the brain, we wanna be able to use as much as possible. Number one, meditation is first and foremost a huge thing uh, for us to do regularly, to get good at, to practice, because when the ego is lost, limit is lost. You become infinite, kind, and beautiful. When the ego is no longer, you know, not that you'll never have an ego probably, but I think at some point, like you can get past that of me and mine and what, you know, doing things because it's, it's better just for me. Um, and, and you're really separate in that way. Like I'm in the universe, as opposed to when you do meditate, when you do, uh, calm down and take those breaths. And, and to me, meditation isn't about gaining anything at all, really more so than anything. It's, it's, uh, letting go of the barriers, the walls that we put up that keep us from our own enlightenment, that keep us from being one with the universe. The most incredible experiences that I've had through meditation have been just that, when I was just imagining myself, you know, being like a, a wave of light or, or a sound frequency, just vibrating in the universe and becoming one with all, um, that's when I was able to realize, like, you know, Jacob Cox was just an experience. Uh, I was much more than all that, and um, you know, I was I was limitless. I was infinite, and so it was much easier to realize, like, every single person was me. Uh, to be kind to everyone, being kind to other people is being kind to yourself. Loving other people is loving yourself. And so it was super important to, uh, to do those things to come to that conclusion. Uh, I think another huge thing to maximize brain capacity would be yoga and breath work. Again, as we take in more oxygen, you know, and we breathe deep, that oxygen is filling up in the brain and, and just allowing us to think so much better. Normally, when we're in that fear-based mode, you're breathing very shallow, very quickly. Um, as opposed, and you're, so your body's in that fear-based state, uh, when we are able to sit and contemplate, to, to relax, to do that deep breath work, when that oxygen is really filling up in your body, your blood cells are taking it in, your brain's taking it in, you're able to really maximize and feel safe. You can feel safe because if I'm able to breathe deeply, I'm not running around, I'm not worried about something getting me. So, Breath work, high levels of oxygen, continuously doing it every day is going to put you in a level and a state much higher than normally if you didn't practice it. So it is imperative, again, 
uh, oxygen to the brain is essential to expanding and uh, being able to become more aware. Another thing that's pretty obvious too, uh, the foods that we eat, the organic fruits and vegetables, you know, um, even if you're going to eat meat or whatever, uh, to eat organic meats, um, things without a lot of, oh, Justin, come back in, things without any kind of, you know, um, chemicals or things in them. Uh, you know, obviously this uh, statement by Hippocrates, I believe in 100%, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. You know, today we're inundated with the pharmaceutical drugs, but seriously, Hippocrates cured people with apple cider vinegar and raw honey and diets. And it's 100% true that what we put into our body is what we are. So we want to put in fresh, organic, you know, fruits and vegetables and clean meats and, you know, those kind of things so that we're not inundated with chemicals and uh, antibiotics and all the things that really just clog up our brain and, um, you know, bring us to a much lower level than, than we should be normally. Uh, and again, so our thoughts are very powerful. The placebo effect is scientific proof that we have the ability to heal ourselves. Our thoughts are powerful enough to bring things into existence. When will we be, when we'll be able to absorb this? Literally knowing that the placebo effect is taking a sugar pill and curing yourself of cancer curing yourself a disease, even though there's no technical medicine in it or anything. So our thoughts are very powerful. Uh, understanding that, realizing that is imperative, again, to maximizing brain capacity. And so you don't want to stay in a state where you're depressed all day. You don't want to stay in a state where you are angry. You know, let those things go, move on and find a higher order of thinking. Um, the greatest discovery of our generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. As you think, so shall it be. And that is imperative to, you know, maximizing your life. You know, what you dwell on, what you uh, constantly hark about. You know, Carl Jung said, what you resist persists. So even, you know, getting angry about the crappy things that happen in your day. And then on top of that, getting emotional about that. There are many times where there are things that happened in my life. I would literally tell people about the, the crappy things that I hated in my life. Um, and then to turn around the next day and someone thought it would be funny to take those exact things and put more of them into my life. And I realized, wow, how powerful it is uh, to get emotional about the things that I don't like. Because if I tell people about it and get emotional about it, then it comes back more. Why even focus on those things at all? If I don't want that, don't focus on it. The universe is a non-judgmental place. Whatever you think about and get emotional about, the universe just assumes, oh, that's what you like. That's what you want to talk about. That's what you want to feel about. Here's some more of that stuff to think about and feel about and talk about. So um, you have to be very careful what we continuously think about and what we continuously feel um, because the universe is going to amplify that and keep giving us more and more. And again, the positive emotions can increase the brain's ability to make good decisions. So, you know, a lot of times uh, I tell people, you know, we've been brainwashed to think a certain way, to feel a certain way. We've been programmed um, by television and, like I said, these authoritarian figures in our life. Uh, so it's really imperative to go back and change it all up, brainwash yourself again to, you know, literally convince yourself that you're happy, convince yourself that, you know, your happiness can be tied to nothing else, not because you're healthy, because you're, um, you know, have a wife and kids or because you have money in the bank or cars, whatever it is, you don't have to have any of that stuff. You can literally just be happy just because you want to be happy. That is something you can give yourself permission on. And I think that's really important to realize, like, I can be happy no matter what the consequences are, no matter where I'm at, no matter what's happening in my life, there's something good to focus on. And I believe when we start to focus on that, especially from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, things we're grateful for that we love, um, then we can continue to find those things in our life over and over again. If we start to get more emotional about the gratitude that we have, about the things that we have, the universe will, you know, eventually we can turn it all around and brainwash ourselves and have those experiences come to us, uh, just like some of these negative experiences have been coming to many of us. So. This is how we illuminate our brains. These, these examples, and there are others for sure. These are some of the ones, important ones I felt were um, important to share with you guys. But this is how we illuminate the brains. This is how we are able to maximize um, capacity that we're able to 
really dwell and, ex and live in that higher neocortex that's been given to us, that's above the animals, above the reptiles. And with this illumination, you know, this is, you know, basically we're on the way to enlightenment here. We're literally able to use more of our brain and access more of our brain than, than we ever have before. And listening to these saints and mystics and sages and stuff and how they're able to maximize it, listening now and watching scientists put monks and stuff into, you know, those uh, brain brain scanners and watch their brains light up like Christmas trees as these guys literally think about nothing and do nothing. And they just sit there and meditate and their brains light up and they're more active than they are during any other time. Uh, even sometimes more than when they're sleeping, their brains can be more active through meditation. So um, it's all possible. And so one of the things I think is super important is realizing as we're able to use this brain, as we're able to start to maximize, uh, you know, the ability to use it, realizing that even our thoughts necessarily might not even be our own. Tesla said there was a core from which all things permeated from that he had not penetrated the core himself, but that he realized that everything came from that core. And so literally a lot of our ideas and things that we think are, are literally streaming from the universe. And um, we are nothing but radio signal receivers to certain ideas. So as we're in a lower vibration, lower frequency, we're constantly grabbing on to lower vibration thoughts and feelings and emotions. And if we can get out of that and start to concentrate on those higher vibrational frequencies, we can take in the more positive, more beneficial, more growing and more knowledge uh, and retaining more of that information over some of that lower stuff. So again, this is what we want to do. We are wanting to, you know, enlighten ourselves. We're wanting to uh, step above the junk and the trash and the garbage and stuff that we're constantly, many of us are seeing in our lives, the things that don't work for us, they don't serve us anymore into a higher vibrational state of knowledge and wisdom. Um, we've all, we've all read many books uh, about these people who obviously attained higher states of wisdom and understanding, healing, uh, knowledge, information, and, you know, many people followed many of these people. And so, you know, uh, I think now uh, we've come into an age of, of understanding these things more. All the books, even though they're written in different languages, we can all read them all uh, through the internet. We can um, see that these stories about these people are very, very similar. Uh, their lives are in incredibly similar. And it seems to be something that we can imitate, that we really can uh, get to the same level as many of these people. And literally all of them said, there's, you can do all the same things I'm doing, greater things. We just have to have the belief uh, that we can do it. And I think, <clears throat> so once we've risen above this reptilian brain, once we've been able to inhabit more of a neocortex, and then we come to another part of the brain where we realize that we have two hemispheres. We have a right and a left. And each one of these hemispheres is responsible for different things. Um, you know, the right brain is a more creative and imagination, intuition, insight, holistic thought, while our left brain seems to be more science and math, numbers, logic, and analytical thought. Um, and so realizing in today's world, we are actually more left brain, much more left brain. That's why 90 something percent of all people uh, write with their right hand. Because the left brain is responsible for that as the you know, left-handed people would be more right brain. And um, so realizing that someone like Leonardo da Vinci, he was ambidextrous and right with both hands. He was able to use both his right and left brain. And so there is a huge benefit to learning how to balance out these two halves of the brain for your benefit. Um, and one of the things I think is super important here to say is I believe the left brain is our male side. And I believe the right brain is our female side. So we tend to see, you know, like I said, the science, education, the, the anim analysis and stuff on the left side of the brain and the creativity and the art and the inspiration and imagination on the right side. So these are obviously, you can kind of tell that they are um, kind of tend to lean towards masculine and feminine ideas. And like I said, if we are inhabiting and it's not even a question if we are we definitely are inhabiting more of our left side of our brain and that's why we have had what seems to be some kind of a patriarch type of uh world right where men have ruled for a long time um 
because we live in that left brain. But as we have in this generation and generation, you know, few generations before us, starting to have it more of that right brain, we start to see, you know, women start to pick up and, and be able to take, you know, uh, leadership roles in places. And um, we are able to bring that right brain up and, and have it more of that. And then we need to learn how to balance the two. It's imperative for us to learn to balance out the two sides of these uh, hemispheres as one. Not that one is better than the other, certainly not. It's, it's definitely not anything I'm trying to say. Both of these would be incomplete. If we only dwelled in the right brain and we were left-handed, we would still have the problems of today that we have in just a different way. Um, and the same thing with left brain, we're not, we're not completely there. We have to inhabit both ends to be balanced, to have a world that works for everyone, to have a world that works for uh, equality and those kind of things. Um, it's, it really is something that we need to really open our minds to consider both sides of these brains uh, and realizing that one's not better than the other, that they both have great things to each one. And it's almost, it really is, it's a one system, you know, and if we only inhabit one, it's very off balance, it's very off key. Um, and so it's a necessity for us to learn how to encompass both sides of these hemispheres again, so that we can have a much more oneness with ourselves. And I would even like to say that I think it's almost like a marriage. We're literally marrying the male and the, the male side, the left side and the, and the feminine side, the right side. We're like marrying them together as one so that they do come together. And we are able to really dwell in holistic and logical reasoning at the same time. And knowing that both are necessities and, and there are right times and places for both. And then there are times when it's great to marry the two. And so that we can come up with even deeper understandings. Like, you know, to me, science and spirituality are not separate from one another, but they both give me a great opportunity to grow. And, you know, knowing both of them helps me understand if I was only to dwell on science or spirituality, I think there would be a loss there for me because I would not be seeing one side or the other. The contrast is imperative and, um, you know, turning that duality into oneness is a necessity, I believe, for us to completely be able to just be one with ourselves, to have a much more deeper understanding of uh, the nature that we, um, that we are, uh, how to really use that to our, to our greatest benefit. So again, like I said, the masculine and feminine, marrying them to together, that you are, you are a soul encompassing one body. Yes. But to me, how I believe things have happened is we've been reincarnated over and over again. I believe my last several lives have been masculine because I've done the feminine for a long time, was able to build that up really high. And even in my life now, I'm a caretaker and the things that, and uh, things that I've enjoy and people I like to have as a young kid uh, conversation I like to have seemed to really dwell into the feminine as I've gotten older uh, become a father learn to bask in my own divine masculine I'm able to really pull that out for myself and really pump that up if you will and so I think it's you know just imperative for us to marry these two brains together these two uh, dualities together to become one to realizing that there really is no benefit for one to be above the other, be below the other, that really standing side by side, being equal, being balanced is the way that we're going to be able to use it to, the, to our maximum capacity to grow and, and to learn the best we can. So that, uh, that balance is, is, is incredibly important, you know, knowing that you're not, you have qualities that are masculine and you have qualities that are feminine and you should not suppress one or the other because of the, the body that you lie in. It is imperative that you, uh, oh. if someone, can someone put themselves on mute? I can hear you. Um, it is imperative for you to balance those out. And for me personally, as a caretaker working with kids, there are times when that, you know, masculine authoritarian figure coming out and you know, setting boundaries and things like that, being protective, providing is great. And then sometimes there are situations where it could switch quickly, where I need to be a nurturer, need to, uh, you know, be in that feminine and, and be caring and kind and loving. 
all of a sudden. Um, and if I can able to flow back and forth between those two, I'm much easier for me to do well in my job um, if I'm able to fluidly move back and forth between those two polarities, as opposed to if I was just to stay in one, it'd be really tough, I think. So there are times when the contrast is definitely necessary. There are times when it's good to move back and forth, um, but certainly just to identify as one or the other will keep you incredibly unbalanced and probably be tough on you in life throughout your life. Um, so again, we talked about Leonardo da Vinci earlier. He was ambidextrous. Uh, one of the quotes that he said was, principles for the development of a complete mind. Study the science of art and study the art of science. Develop your senses, especially learn how to see. Realize that everything connects to everything else. Again, it's one brain, two halves. And him saying, study the science of art, science being the left brain, art being the right, studying the art of science. He's literally saying, you know, masculine and feminine, study the art of science, the science of the art, you know, realize that these two halves are incredibly important to realizing both and understanding both. Um, I think that's a really deep uh, quote and it's very, um, very true. So this is all about once we're able to get out of the reptilian brain, we're able to balance the divine masculine and feminine parts of the hemispheres of the brain. We're literally able to free our minds. We can actually use it. We can occupy it and realize that the revolution that we really seek is not outside of ourselves. It's literally inside of ourselves. We are able to change the world by changing ourselves. That's exactly what Gandhi said. Be the change you want to see in the world. Why? Because the change that you want to see begins with you. If I change myself, I am part of the world. I am not separate from it. I am literally a part of it. So by changing myself, I am changing the world. So that's to tell you straight up that our thoughts are energy. They are real and they have power. And so what we, you know, continuously think about and feel about, you know, is what we're going to attract and bring to us over and over again. So continually think about the things that make us grow, that help us, to help us understand um, wisdom, consciousness. That's what I want to concentrate on these days. You know, you know, I, I'm like anybody else and I get stuck on some things certain, uh, certain times and um, but I know eventually, like, hey, you know, I got to stop this and let it go. I'm not mad at myself. I'm not um, angry at myself for thinking a certain thought or being stuck somewhere for a second. Just let it go after a while. I'm not going to stay there. There's too many other important things to think about, to dwell on, um, that I want to concentrate on that mean more to me than um, something that doesn't really serve me enough. So we literally can brainwash ourselves to think about things differently, to change our thinking. Because if we don't, we're going to continue to recycle experiences that happen to us over and over again. Talking to my roommate the other day, you know, is if we don't change ourselves, we're constantly fine. The same person to date, the same job to go to, the same circumstance, the same events. You will constantly find the similar situations over and over again. And it all has to do with how we're thinking. You know, I'm going to go somewhere it's probably going to suck. Or it's not going to be fun. Or if I go to this restaurant, they're probably going to get my order wrong. Yeah, they probably are. But I've been to a restaurant and had a perfect meal, had a perfect time or someone else didn't get a meal in time. It was cold. And I've been with somebody, you know, uh, I've been with people who I've gone up to multiple meals with or something, multiple events, and they continue to have the same experiences while I continue to have a great experience. And it's like, we're going to the same place, the same restaurant, same waiter. How do you continuously have cold food? How do you continuously have your, your order messed up? Or how do you continuously have, you know, order something that's not on the menu? It has to be something to do with your thinking at the end of the day. It just can't be a coincidence over and over and over again. It only is a coincidence as long as you don't realize what's going on. So having to change your thoughts, it will change your world. That's all we really need to do is change the way we think to brainwash ourselves and program ourselves a whole new way of thinking. If, you know, if we've been able to uh, be mad and upset and depressed for a long time, then damn, why not at least try? Why not even give it a shot to at least brainwash ourselves and program ourselves to, to think in a, a different way? You know, one that the universe is actually, you know, working out for me. I'm always at the right place at the right time. I'm always learning a lesson that I need to learn, you know, whatever it is, but start to at least realize that it's, that the universe is something that's happening for you, not necessarily something that's happening to you. And as we start to do this, 
literally the cells that fire together wire together that we can literally change our brains by the way we think so as we have different ways of thinking and thinking about things that are always happening to me when it rains it pours your you know uh, synopses and everything in your brain are wiring together for more of that to continuously happen hey you you made it that way so it is and you're going to continuously get more of that and so what are the thoughts that we're firing on today is it ones of things that are frustrating and angry and and making you mad and upset or is it something that hey this is a beneficial life you know i'm always at the right place i'm getting out every day something more um because literally i'll tell you for myself personally i've had an experience where um i have felt my synapses fire and wire together in my brain i 100 can can attest to this um I, I definitely at the time was taking large amounts of monatomic gold which um that was something I, I felt at the end of the day was kind of like gold plating my synopsis and it felt like they were wiring together in my brain it's a weird thing to say but that's what it felt like and it felt like information was just flowing through my brain at a much higher space and a, a much higher frequency than it was before that and um, you know like I said I was taking lots of lots of powder and liquid monatomic gold uh, and other monatomic elements which I feel like um is really alchemy that they were turning base metals into gold but it's turning yourself into a golden like state and you can kind of i don't know if cheats the word or whatever but literally by taking monatomic elements and monotonic gold you are kind of cheating the process a little bit you know and you are gold plating your synapses to fire and wire different ways and i literally felt that in my own brain um feeling my synapses wire together and feeling information once I started taking this gold and started meditating and really changing my life in a big way, I, you know, felt these things happen to me and it was incredible. I was just like, didn't know these things like I know it today, but I, but I knew what the feeling was inside of my brain when these things were happening to me. And it was just like, I feel like things are wiring differently. Things are changing in my brain, literally uh, different than it was, you know, just a couple of weeks or a couple of months before. And that, you know, when it happened and, and it seemed that the structure of my brain and the wiring changed, it's like, I feel like it probably could go back if I just didn't do the work and everything else. But to me, that was it. Once it changed, it changed. And it was just like uh, every day, every week, every month and every year, it just become more fine tuned, more fine tuned and more um, conducive to that state of being and the things that worked out for me. And so much so that I was able to pack up everything that I owned sold and gave away everything i had except for what fit in a car and drive to colorado to work with kids um because i knew deep down that's what i needed to do to evolve to grow to change and i i heard the call and loud and clear and i i i um i knew that 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 what i was going to get out of it was worth more than gold or money or uh, stuff and so i literally gave tvs and stuff away to people because i realized like um you know, consciousness, awareness, love, compassion, these things that I hadn't had very much of in the past is what I really wanted out of life, not necessarily things and cars and stuff. Um, those things didn't satisfy me and left me miserable at the end of the day. So learning uh, how these things work, how to fire your neurons together so that the new ways of thinking are available to you. And, you know, it's funny, like, we don't even know what we don't know, you know, like, there's so much more out there. You know, many of us, most of us know just a small fraction of what um, is available to the from the universe, like, but there's so much more um, to learn to grow to evolve. And, you know, it, it's just nothing we learned nothing in school, elementary school, middle school, high school, and even college. I went, I, I was in college for eight years for a four-year degree and I walked out the door not feeling any more empowered, any more intelligent, any more worthy um, from having gone to school that long and having a diploma. But, you know, when I was able to get out of school and do my own research, read my own books, uh, not be stressed out about taking tests, but just learning things to learn things, um, taking on time my goal because I thought it was something that would help me, meditating because I thought it was something to help me. Um, you know, all those things were much, much, much more valuable overall as a, as a human being at the end of the day, as part of my education 
than anything I learned in school, you know, and, and, you know, I understand there's socializing and things like that and there, some basic math and stuff, but I mean, you know, what is it, 20 years or so? I mean, it's just <clears throat> nearly 20 years. It's not worth it. it, it there was nothing, uh, you know, not much stuff that was really just needed. It was a necessity. Um, but learning after I got out of school, when I was able to learn what I wanted to learn and read what I wanted to learn, that became the necessity. And that came along with, you know, spiritual, uh, spiritual events that happened that completely changed my life when I followed what I loved and what I thought what I needed to learn. So incredible information here I'm sharing with you guys that literally our synapses can fire differently and wire together as we think about different things and concentrate on different things um, and concentrate on different ideas and different ways of being and thinking. And, you know, just in one example, <clears throat> changing the way you think about money. One idea people have about money is that money doesn't grow on trees or money's the root of all evil. And that's definitely something I had when I was younger, but as I grew older, I was like, you know, I'm willing to change my ideas about a lot of things. So I was willing to listen to other people and authors and who, people who wrote books about different ways to think about money. And one of the things that really changed my life is like money is energy. It's like anything else. You can do whatever you want to with it. You can use it for bad. You can use it for good. You can buy drugs with it. You can help people out. You can buy a house. You know, uh, there's a lot of things to do with it. Not necessarily it in itself is evil but you can do whatever you want to with it. And you can have too much money. Like you'd have too much mayonnaise. I mean, you know, there's no real threshold where it has to be bad or good, but just for yourself. And so I realized like I can do good with it as energy as anything else. And it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be evil. It doesn't have to be limited. Certainly they print money up all the time and, you know, throw numbers at people all the time. So there's no reason why I can't have um, enough, stuff for me to be successful, to me to have a nice home to live in, to, to have my family live with me. So, you know, like I said, I, I think a lot of times we just have to realize that certain ideas and things that we have, we should be open to hearing new ideas of how those things can evolve and grow and be different and not just sit down and, you know, dwell in my belief is right and not willing to change it by any means necessary that was that's going to keep you from evolving more always listening to somebody else's point of view you don't have to believe it or not believe it but be open and listen so that you can have those epiphanies those revelations those aha moments are eureka moments the light bulb goes off in your head i've definitely had many moments now where that light bulb went off in my head one in particular was dating some girl said something to me in my living room one day and then dating another girl within a couple months and that was ending and that girl said the same thing to me and standing in almost the exact same places in my living room she said the same thing to me and the light bulb went off in my head and I realized like I could move to another state another country or another planet and if I was to date someone right now I would find the same person they may look different culturally uh, you know different hair color uh, different backgrounds, whatever. But I was going to continuously date the same person until I changed the person that I was. Once I changed the person I was, then I would find different people. If I found myself being the best person I could be, being authentic, being real, I would find others doing the same thing. But if I was a liar, a cheat, um, and those kind of things, I would find other people who were doing the same thing. And that made me realize that that's that law, doing to others as they want them, as you want them to do it to you. That is the law of the universe. It's just like, that's what you're going to get. What you put out is literally what you're going to get back. So you realize, Eureka, I found it. I figured it out. And that's one of many things, you know, uh, that I've had in my lifetime now to realize like, oh my God, you know, that's, that's a big moment for me to realize like, you know, if I continue to date the same person or if I continue not to change myself, uh, then I'm going to date the same person. So why not now work on myself and change who I am? so that I can experience a new reality because I'm never going to really change anything unless I change myself first. So I thought that was imperative first and foremost to, you know, not even date anybody for years. And I was just practicing being celibate and working on myself and how important that was to me to really be able to stand up and say one day, like I have really done some work, I've really worked hard to be the best me I can be, I can be so that I can, you know, uh, be more aware and, you know, be able to look at people now 
and say, if I was to date that person, I can guarantee I know exactly where it would go. So I'm able to say, oops, no, I'm not willing to give in to that same old situation and paradigm. I'm willing to forego it. And when I was, I was able to find better relationships and better uh, events and circumstance for myself. So um, as we're talking about the brain changing, rewiring of the brain, um, this is also called brain plasticity or neuroplasticity. So this is literally uh, truth, science I'm telling you guys about. So the reason they call it plastic is because plastic can be molded or changed. So brain plasticity or neuro neuroplasticity is the ability to change its structure and relocate functions <clears throat> to different areas of neuro, uh, neuronal networks. Uh, brain plasticity can occur at the beginning of life. In the case of a brain injury or throughout life when we learn new things and memories are formed. So when you're a kid, your brain is super plastic. Every time you learn how to hold a cup, when you learn how to walk, when you learn how to talk, your brain is creating little wrinkles in your brain as it happens. Um, every time you've learned something new, like I said, learn how to walk, talk, hold a cup, hold a fork, whatever it is. And as you get older, it starts to slow down a little bit. But as I was in the same kind of state when I'm taking this gold and everything, uh, there was a moment on a Thanksgiving day more than 10 years ago that uh, I was just talking with a bunch of people. People were really listening to me. I was really feeling good. I was in the flow and uh, I got home and I got on a phone call with a friend who went to a David Wilcock conference with me and we were just chatting about different things and I was just feeling it flowing and going and you know, all of a sudden I felt a wrinkle happen in my brain. I felt that feeling. I didn't really know about brain plasticity or anything at that point, but I told him, I was like, oh my God, dude, I just felt a wrinkle happen in my brain. And I can tell you right now that that means I'm more intelligent than I was before I had it. And I was like, you know, it was like a learning experience type thing. And he said, look it up. And we did. And we looked it up. And that's when I found brain plasticity and neuroplasticity as a scientific fact. Those people who have more wrinkles in their brain uh, are more intelligent. So what's happening is the brain is wrinkling up and creating more surface area of the brain. And so that is creating, you know, more capacity. You're able to take in more, you've learned more things. So it's not something that has to stop because you're no longer a child or a teenager or whatever. You and I can continuously learn more, but we've got to be like those little kids again. We've got to be wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready for new information, new ideas, that all the mystery of the universe have not been, you know, uh, solved yet, that the theories that they tell us how the moon got there and uh, different theories of how, you know, we've evolved and what's happened in history, they're not all true. There's a lot more for us to learn and to evolve and to figure out. So to be excited about information, new information and new ideas is imperative for it to have more brain plasticity. You want to be able to, you know, to be open to new ideas, to new things. This is certainly gonna, you know, allow you, I'm not gonna claim that you're gonna feel it. That's something that happened to me. I haven't ever heard or, or talked to anyone that said that happened to them and they felt that, but I would, I would, I would say anytime you had an aha or eureka moment or a revelation, certainly I believe that's what's happening. Your brain is physically changing form in those moments. You may not have felt it, but um, I do believe that is exactly what's happening. So your brain is becoming more wrinkled, more surface area as you're uh, learning new ideas. And so here's something, and this is, this is going to be for a whole nother topic, so, but I will give you a little bit of insight to this. And you look at this picture of this Buddha, right? And you look at his head and then you look on the top of his head and he has this little bun, right? And most of us probably never thought much about it. And um, to realize like when I look, when you look at Buddhas uh, all over the world, they all have this bun. And a lot of times their hair is like this and you go back and you look, you know, and that kind of, you know, looks a little wrinkly like the brain a bit. Uh, I am going to go out and tell you one of the revelations that I had when my brain plasticity kicked up, when I was taking lots of gold, when I'm doing my work, my meditation was, I looked at a Buddha one time and I was like, there's something to his head. And I just like stared at it and stared at it and stared at it. And to the point where I was like, oh my God, I had a revelation. I was like, that's not his hair. That's not his hair. Sorry. I was like, that's, that's his head. Um, in the Bible and other books, they talk about a crown of life that can't be taken away from you. Now, Jesus is not really 
pictured like this. However, I do believe when they took the crown of thorns and they wrapped it around his head, they wrapped it around this bun that's on top of his head. And I believe this is where you have the baby's soft spot and they call it the what? The crown, the crown of your head, right? I believe that when you are, when your brain is super plastic, when you're in this childlike state and you're constantly uh, creating more surface area, more brain plasticity, you are popping up surface area, boom, 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 boom. And to the point where there's probably, you know, a, uh, a point, a, you know, 40 days in the wilderness type of event where a person goes through literally a physical change of the body. Uh, there is a quote in the Bible where Jesus said, you can add a cubit to your stature by adding thought. So he's saying you can add, you know, uh, height to yourself by thinking. Uh, and I think intuitively, we know when you think about this, we think about the, the TV shows that we see and usually tend to be bad guys, but people with the big brains and stuff and the big heads having more, uh, more thoughts and more ideas. I believe that our crown of our head can become soft again, like a baby and our brain plasticity can be pumped up into a moment of, you know, the Bible says you can change in the twinkling of an eye and you could literally have this evolutionary enlightenment process happens in an instance and where these people's uh, brains uh, are literally uh, are become larger their capacity becomes uh, much much more than it was before and that they literally looked different and um, again this is a whole other topic but that's why I believe when we look at magicians heads and stuff like that our magicians they're wearing these pointy hats witches are wearing these pointy hats uh, we look at Akhenaten and his family uh, Nefertiti, they're all wearing uh, elongated hats to cover up their elongated skulls because often it doesn't work out too well for those kind of people. So they have to hide themselves under those hats. Uh, I do believe this is something you will see um, some very enlightened people here in the near future uh, will be able to see this again because this is this is not something that just happened to them. This is something that's evolutionary right to every single human on the planet. And this is a this is a whole talk that I will do probably in a couple of weeks. So this is it. This is, we're talking about real enlightenment here, right? We're talking about the real science of spirituality. We're mixing science and spirituality. We're mixing our left and our right brains together right now to encompass that full scale of enlightenment that is available. That is our divine right for each and every single one of us. It's not just for Jesus or Buddha or Krishna or Muhammad or Allah or anybody. It's for every single one of us to realize this and to wake up to our fullest potential. So let's get to it. I am trying to free your mind, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. Each and every single one of you, it is your destiny, but it is not gonna be easy. We all have to do it. It's a little bit scary. What's on the other side of that veil? Knowing how powerful you are. Most of us have been so afraid of how powerful we are. We've hidden behind, you know, little jobs and little old me, and I'm not capable of that. Um, certainly, I know I have hid it behind a bar in Atlanta for a long time before I realized my potential and how much I was capable of and to give away everything to move to Colorado to work with kids to completely change my life and to evolve uh, wasn't something that was my brain actually even thought that that was crazy, that that would even work out. But um, I knew that that was the calling. And so sometimes it is a little tough, it's a little crazy, but um, we have to believe 100% uh, that you're capable uh, as much as anybody else has ever done it. You have as much capability uh, in you to do the same, to grow. And I think behind, behind that veil is, you know, some incredibly good things you know, your psychic power, your psychic abilities. Um, once we're able to, you know, not stay in that reptilian brain, we can balance out our masculine and feminine and realize how powerful our thoughts are and go beyond even that to realize like we have psychic capabilities and powers and how can we use these psychic powers to our advantage, to, um, to evolve, to not have to use the technologies and stuff that we use today. Um, how, 
what is the what is a an evolved enlightened planet look like is it full of satellites is it full of uh computers and uh you know phones or is it is it people who learn how to live on this planet in a much more harmonious way with mother earth with father son um, to be able to maximize the capacity of their heart space their spirituality their soul who they really are um, i think an enlightened world probably looks a lot different than one with a lot of computers and phones and technologies um, because in the end of the day most of them are all relevant we can develop psychic abilities that are far beyond what many of us have probably ever been told or even thought are possible. Um, accessing psychic abilities, um, higher states of consciousness and awareness through meditation, through our you know daily routine, through uh, just you know our daily daily day, like what we're able to do, what we're able to dig into, what we're able to access, the answers that we're looking for, all of those things. Uh, there's much more than we possibly can imagine um, what we can be connected to. So being able to literally uh, dig down deep to go through the veil into our self-conscious, into our subconscious, into our soul and realize like, who are we really? And what are we capable of? And what did we come here to do? Have we, we, we forgot it, you know, we thought it was a job or to do this or do that. But, you know, I think ultimately one of the biggest things to do is to come to learn unconditional love and to love ourselves, um, to be able to become one again with the universe that when we come into our lives and we have this experience of being, you know, Jacob Cox from Athens, Georgia, and thinking that's all I am and I'm separate and it, you know, really diving down deep into who am I really? Is that really who I am? This, you know, my skin and my hair, my name, where I'm from, or is there a lot more to it than that? I'm a lot more than that. I'm the soul inside. And that soul is the same thing that you are and everybody else is. So literally I'm the same thing as everybody else. And so we're all part of the same thing. We're all like waves of the ocean in the ocean and there's no separation. And I've had those experiences through meditation and other things that have made me realize how incredible I really am. And that I've been playing a small part and I'm, I'm the lead actor in my own, my own story. I'm the hero of my own story. And I, you know, looking for somebody else to save me or looking for a relationship to make me happy. At the end of the day, none of those things are gonna make me happy. None of those things are gonna help me feel in tune with the universe. I had to do it for myself, which is everyone else has to do. You have to do it for yourself to get in tune with the universe so that the the light and the consciousness and awareness that flows to the universe flows through you and lights you up and so that you're able to you know do the same for others i mean i, I don't think you have to convince anybody if you have it if you've done it if you've done the work you know they see it they recognize it you know it doesn't matter what you want to call yourself what religion you subscribe to uh what culture you're from when you have that factor, when you've done that work, when you are, you know, happy for no reason, when you're in tune with your emotions and your feelings, uh, people realize it. When you can move audiences by telling your story because it means something to you and, and you're willing to share it to help others, man, those are the kind of things that move people. You know, it's not necessarily titles and how much money you have and what's your business suit, how much it costs. It's can you move mountains with, you know, with who you really are. And I think each one and every single one of us can do that. Each of us have had incredible challenges in our life and um, things that we can share and a story that we can tell others that can help each other out. So um, we can, we all have these psychic abilities. We all have this incredible story to tell. Uh, it's imperative to realize that we have much more uh, capabilities than we've been told. You know, there's so many uh, abilities that we can interact with each other. I mean, there's telepathy. You don't even need a telephone. You can literally, if you if you know someone well enough, you're in tune with someone. I mean, we've all had that conversation, or we've all been, you know, thinking about someone, and you know, and then pick up the phone, and then they're calling you, and you're picking up the phone. You're like, oh my god, I was just about to call you. When you're in tune with people, those things that are available to us, you don't even need telephone. We can literally talk to each other. Uh, with telepathy, uh, there's so many abilities. 
I mean, just a few. Telepathy is one, obviously, I was talking about. Is you, you know, time and space are not limited. You can talk to anyone and 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 feel anyone anywhere around the planet if you want to. Um, precognition, knowing and predicting future events that are already anticipated or or are sub subsequently experienced, whereby the prediction can be related to a few seconds or many years that you can know. I've definitely had that. I've had many experiences like that, where I knew that a conversation was going to happen with friends, and then a couple of days later it happened. Uh, mediumship, being able to talk to and interact with, you know, those who've already transferred over, um, supernatural beings, angels, spirits, and stuff like that telekinesis, you know, the movement of objects to the power of the human consciousness without touching them, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. There are so many, these are just a few, there are so many incredible psychic uh, abilities that each and every single one of us have. And it's not like, you know, I don't even know about those things. How could I be good at those? Once you learn how to stay out of that reptilian brain, to balance the brains, to, to be aware and to understand uh, that you have these abilities, they just start to come. They start to happen for you. They just start to be more easy for you to see and understand. I mean, I can look into situations, events, people. I can see the future in many instances and how things are going to work out for people and someone's going to break up and they're like, oh, we're going to be together forever. Like, they're not going to make it five months. And you know what I mean? Like there are so many things like that that I'm able to tune into. Uh, and it's incredible, the ability that I have in the, in the awareness level that I have now, as opposed to 10 years ago. And I, you know, as I, like I said, beginning eat and, and eat the right foods, breathe in the oxygen, do the yoga, do the meditation. As I do those things more and more in tune and I do them better, I'm even more clear than I am uh, sometimes, you know, but it always, I'm always moving forward, but there are definitely moments when I'm doing the work that I'm even more clear than I was if, that if I'm, and I'm not as doing it as much as I should be, or, you know, I'm not uh, on it as much as I should be. But certainly I know that I've experienced many, if not most of all of these uh, abilities at some level at some point. And I know that, you know, no one's more special than anybody else. Every single person has the right to be able to use these and understand these abilities as much as anybody else. Um, so the, and there is, here's a few more. There's so many dream analysis is one that I definitely, uh, have heard people's dreams and like instantly it's like something comes to me and I'm like someone will tell me a dream and I say oh does this does this feel like this and they're like oh my god that's exactly what it was um channeling uh, I don't know if you guys have heard people like Bashar or uh Daryl Anka he does this Bashar or uh Jay-Z Knight does Romp for the Enlightened One um there's so many good channelers that are just amazing and like you know they literally hook these people up to EKGs and they watch their brain levels Romp has for sure and watch their brain levels. And when she's in channeling Ramtha, she literally is accessing more of her brain. Her brain is more active than when she's even asleep. So they know 100% that channeling is a real thing. Um, people who can see auras. Um, there's so many things that are out there and well beyond these two lists that I just gave you guys. But there's so many things that each one of us can access that um, far beyond what I than most of us think is even possible. I mean, anything that you've ever heard of walking on water flying around i mean i i don't know that it's something you would be able to do all day every day probably sure I'm, i mean but i think if it's a need if it's something you need to do if you need to get to the boat and you're on the shore you can get there um you got to be in tune you got to be doing your work you have to be uh, realizing that you're all one with all it is um you know even when i think it was peter and he was you know Jesus is walking up to the boat and walking on water. And he says, if Lord, if that's you, I want to come. I want to walk on water too. He's like, come on. And he starts to walk on water too. And then the thunder and lightning happens. And then he becomes afraid. And that's when he sinks. It was the fear that pulled him down. And Jesus went over there and walked him, grabbed him, pulled him up and says, ye of little faith. If you only had the faith of a mustard seed. If you only believed a little bit and turned that little bit of faith into a huge tree, um, you could do it. All of us can do it. All of us have that. He didn't say it's only me. I'm the only person who has a right to do this. I'm the only son of God. No, dude. The only son of God is someone who's perfect, our daughter of God, someone who's perfect in love and their compassion and free will and allowing everyone to be who they are. But being honest with integrity, um, that's the kind of person that that literally is the only son. It's not that they're the only one that ever can be or ever will be. But when you reflect that of the universe of God, God is a free will, loving, unconditional 
source and we're all part of that so um there's so many incredibly cool things i wish and we'll probably end up doing a, a session on each and every single one of these abilities and a few more uh, just to talk about them i think it'd be a fun thing to get into more of um, and do some questions and conversations about it so that'll be something that happens later but um this is it this is the great awakening of the mind that each and every one of us have each and every single one of us can awaken uh, our brain and illuminate so much more of, of what's uh, available to us um, to be able to, uh, you know, be the best person that we can be, be the best, you know, you, you can be, um, to become enlightened. Um, there's so much more of that brain that we can work with constantly on a regular basis. It's, it's incredible. So, um, and after we do that, of course, once we awaken up to our uh, full potential, you know, we are the aligned ones. We're the masters of the universe. We're the Messiah, the anointed one. Um, of course, Buddha wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't his real name. Buddha was a title. Uh, Christ wasn't a name. It was a, it's a title. I even think Jesus in general is probably part of the title. Jesus, Jesus, you know, the, the you know, master of 12 disciples like Zeus was. Um these are all titles that these people endured. I even believe Mary, Mary of Magdalene, Mother Mary, I believe Mary is a title. She was married. Her left brain and right brain were married together as one. She was, they were enlightened beings. I think these are all titles, um, but certainly they're describing individuals with a higher in-depth understanding of the universe uh, and masters of themselves, masters of discipline, um, masters of this understanding and this knowingness so and i believe every from what i've read all the ones that have seen have gotten there have all said and and you know let us know that these are all things you can do too there's nothing that i'm doing that you can't do you can do all these things and greater things each and every one of us so us seeing them and i think a lot of times just asking that kind of presence to incarnate into you allow that presence to come into yourself to help change you and guide you is imperative to illuminating the brain and becoming these enlightened beings that each and every one of us have the capacity to be. So thank you guys all for being here tonight. I'm incredibly grateful for every single one of you. Um, I hope again, you guys will join us again for another session. And um, thanks for joining my mystery school for tonight. 